We're going to sing to our Savior who died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And to begin this morning, I'm going to read Psalm 103, verses 1 to 12. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day. Dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship your holy name You're rich in love You're rich in love And you're slow to anger Your name is great And your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul Worship His holy name draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise 
you can hear me, huh? All right. We're so glad you guys are here. I just want to say welcome. Um, and if you're brand new to Chapel Grace, um, these are our Get Connected cards, and these are in the front of the pews. We just ask that you fill one of those out so we can get to know you a little bit better. Um, and you can bring them to the welcome table at the back, and we have a little welcome gift for you. Um, maybe you've been here for a while, and maybe God's just going to speak to you today through the message, and you make a decision. You can also fill this out um, and put that there as well. And again, you can either drop it in the tithes and offering box in the back, or you can bring it to the welcome table um, as you're walking out. Um, but these are just this is just a great way to get connected with everyone. Um, so I just want to go over a few quick announcements. Um, this Wednesday, October 19th, we have the Community Food Giveaway, and that's at 9 a.m. out here in the parking lot. Um, so if you would like to help out with that, um, you can see Dale over here. Um, he's heading that up, so just check in with him, and I'm sure he can put you guys to work. So that's this Wednesday at 9. Um, and then um, on... The 23rd, so next Sunday, put this on your calendars, next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock is our next Sunday fun day, okay? So go ahead and mark that down to be here at 6 o'clock. Um, and then on um, the 30th is 5th Sunday Sing at 6 o'clock, and this time we'll be at Pleasant Valley Christian Center. Um, and if you're not familiar with Fifth Sunday Sing, because we've just kind of gotten back into that again, it's been a while. Um, but that's just when all the different churches in Colinga come together, our praise teams um, will just kind of do a set, I guess you could say. They're just doing some worship. So it's just a great time of worshiping together um, and having all the different churches come together for that. And that, again, is Sunday, October 30th at 6 o'clock at Pleasant Valley. Um, and then don't forget we have Jump Into the Light coming up. We desperately could use some candy to give out that night. So if you want to grab a bag of candy next time you're out and bring it in, you can bring it here and leave it, or you can bring it into the office um, throughout the week. Um, and then Jump Into the Light will be on Halloween night. 
Um, here, we're, we need trunks to be decorated, to be handing out candy so the kids can go like trunk to trunk, trunk or treating. Um, <laughs> and there's going to be games and food and just all kinds of just a great time. So we'd love to have you guys come um, and enjoy that. But if you'd like to help out, please sign up. We have sign-ups out in the lobby as well. Um, you can sign up to help out with that. Um, and then don't forget we have our all-church retreat that's coming up before you know it, guys. This is November 18th through the 20th. That's the weekend before the week of, like, Thanksgiving, if you're working for the schools, the week before you have the whole week off, um, which is nice. Um, but that's going to be at Camp Jaeger. It's $50 per person or a max of $150 per family. Um, and we need you to sign up and pay that by November 6th. That way we have um, know exactly how much... Um, things we need to get to prepare for that. So make sure you sign up for that. And again, that's out in the lobby as well. Um, and I think I've pretty much covered everything. So we are just going to continue to worship our Lord. All right. We invite you to continue and stand with us and sing. We know our battle belongs to the Lord.
nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I will fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, battle belongs to tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own when brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken I won't be shaken my fear doesn't stand a chance when I Stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. to the light. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. Why oh, won't be shaken? No, I won't be shaken. There's power. 
doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing your Fear doesn't stand a chance when we're standing in the love of God. Perfect love casts out fear. Psalm 130 says this. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness Therefore, you are feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel for all their sins. depths I cry to you in darkest places I will call incline your ear to me anew and hear my cry for mercy Lord were you to count my sinful ways how could I come before your throne? Yet for forgiveness meets my gaze. I stand the deep by grace alone. I will wait for you. I will wait for you on your word. I will rely. I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till my soul is satisfied. So put your hope in God alone. Take courage in his power to save. Completely and forever one. I will wait for you, I will wait for 
has paid the price that all who trust in him today find healing in his sacrifice that all who trust in him today find healing in his sacrifice I will wait for you I will wait for you through the storm and through the night I will wait for you surely wait for you for your love is my delight I will wait for you I will wait for you through the storm and through the night I will wait for you How's everybody? I'm good. I got to take a break from preaching last week. I got to be preached at, well, not at, but I got to be ministered to. Thank you, Jared. That was wonderful last week. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the reason is because I was in Kentucky the week before at the, uh, at the, Ark, the Ark Encounter and for a pastor's conference, and it was so good. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today is influenced from that. But uh, let me take a drink before I go any further because my mouth is dry. But anyway, the importance of Genesis, uh, the, the beginning, in the beginning. Anybody ever read that in the very front of the Bible, the very first book of the Bible? In the beginning, Genesis means beginnings. And so there's, there's very important things that come with that. But before I jump into it, I, wanna, I want us to ask to pray for Iko. Iko has really bad headaches, and um, she's been to the emergency room, and she still has them. So they're trying to figure out what's going on with that. And then today is her son's birthday, of all things, too. So you know how that kind of is like, she got a just in a bad place there. And then uh, I wanted to reinforce something about growth track. Uh, Kelly talks about it all, the, you know, every week. 
And growth track is one of those things, it's, it's a way for discipleship, it's a way for you to learn more about the Bible. First of all, even if you've been in the Bible for 50 years or you've been in the Bible for 50 minutes, it's still good for all people. It, it, it'll get you from one place to the next, and what it does is if you don't know where to serve or if you're not serving, it, it helps plug you in. It helps you to understand this is what you need, this is where you should go, or whatever it is. Um, matter of fact, it'll encourage you to be a part of a ministry and try it out for three weeks or so. And because you don't always know exactly where you should be plugged in, you've got to find that where you're gifted. And that's what Growth Track does a lot of that and gets you through that. So um, it doesn't matter if you've been at Chapel Grace for, like I said, 50 years or 50 minutes. It's important that everybody goes through it. Uh, and so that way you can be helping in some places and know where you're supposed to be. Uh, I will give a, a plug for the children's ministry. We are in desperate, dire straits for children's ministry people. We need people to work in there to either check when the kids come in and get checked in. We need people to be just classroom aides in a sense. And we also need some teachers. And it's not as scary as you might think. The one thing it does when you're a teacher is it causes you, it challenges you to know what you're talking about. So you study that bit before you get in there. And you're going to find yourself growing in the Lord if you're doing that. And so every time you serve God in any capacity, you grow. And that's the idea is you're supposed to be growing. We're not supposed to be babies on drinking milk anymore, which is what Paul says. We're supposed to be on meat. And we're supposed to be eating or drinking, not drinking milk, but eating meat. That means we're supposed to be maturing. And so anyway, uh, we desperately need people in many areas throughout the church. I don't know if you've noticed, have you ever noticed our sign out front that's, that uh, says something different or tries to say something different? Uh, well, we could use somebody else that would want to do that. We could, that's, that's a pretty simple and easy job. You're like, well, what would I have to say? Well, Thankfully, Fred, Fred left us a nice book full of all kinds of good things to talk about, to put up on the board. Um, so if that's something you'd be interested in, we've got, we got that. We have so many different things that you guys could be doing if you want. So that's enough of that stuff. And then camp retreat, I want to make sure you, you guys, that's going to be such a great time. But the one thing I want to reinforce or make sure everyone knows is that we're going to do baptisms in the ocean on the, when we go out there. So if you haven't been baptized yet, if you're looking into being baptized or whatever, it's a perfect time to come out there and be a part of that. Even if you can't be there for the whole weekend, you want to come out for Saturday for the baptisms. That's fine with me. So, uh, but uh, we're going to have a, a couple of people, I think, be baptized in the ocean. That means I have to get out there. So does anybody have an oversized wetsuit that I could borrow? Because <laughs> I don't own one. So anyway, and one with preferably a heater inside that you turn on and it heats you all up. I don't know. I'm a wimp when it comes to cold water. Anybody else like that? I was watching little kids get in the water down there, and it was like, are you kidding me? No way. Anyway, I digress. I go all over the place. I got I to gotta stay in track. Stay in track. Um, so let's pray. And uh, one other person I meant to forgot to mention, or two other people, is um, Joe Creel. Joe Creel needs your prayers. He's uh, still healing, uh, and he's, he's it's hard to describe. He's, do, he's doing better. Let's put it that way. And then we have Geronimo Soto. Geronimo is in rough shape. That's, I'll just leave it at that. And he could desperately use your prayers. Uh, if you know Geronimo, you know he's a, a unique person, uh, but he loves the Lord. And he, he desperately needs your prayers. So I'd ask that you to pray for him and uh, please. So let's bow our heads in prayer before we start, and then I'll jump right into this thing. So Lord, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to, to speak for you, God. It's a, it's a big challenge. It's a big task. And so I ask that your Holy Spirit would just uh, completely take over. Lord, I say it every week, but empty me of myself, fill me with you. I say the same thing for everyone in the room. Empty everybody of themselves. Let them focus on your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit be there and talking to them throughout the message. May they hear your voice 
Lord, and if there's anything that I'm going to say or about to say or whatever or not going to say, I pray that you would either make me stop saying it or bring it to my mind. Lord, I pray for Iko right now with her headaches and uh, all of the things that are happening there. God, I pray for quick relief on her end. Lord, and I also pray for, uh, for uh, Geronimo. God, for everything that's going on with him, Lord, he desperately needs uh, healing, God. He needs you and it's such a challenge what he's going through. And then, Father, also for Joe Creel, and I'm sure there's many others that are just like these people that are needing health, have health problems and need to be prayed for. Uh, God, we pray for all of them in our church and, and outside of our church. Uh, and, Lord, I just pray that, uh, you know, this day honors you. This little bit of time that we're together, I pray that we're honoring you in everything that we say and do. And, uh, God, I pray for myself again that you would guide me through this talk. In Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say... Amen. So the Ark Encounter is really cool. Has anybody ever heard of it before, by the way? The Ark Encounter? Yeah? A couple of you guys? It's in Kentucky. Uh, Williamstown. Williams, what is it? Williamston, right? Yeah, anyway, it's just about 35, 40 minutes outside of, outside of Cincinnati. And uh, there's also a creation museum. It's amazing. If you've never been, I'd say you need to go. Uh, we went, and I couldn't. I still have a lot to do. I'll get you some pictures next week. I completely spaced it this week and didn't do pictures. But I'll be honest with you. Pictures don't do it justice. When you see the size of this thing, I, it, it, it'll blow you away. And it's, it's not only is it long, it's tall, and it's full of good stuff. So today, my message is kind of, kind of uh, inspired, I guess you could say, by that, because it's called In the Beginning. That's what's out on the board out there, too. Um, why should we talk about things about In the Beginning? She's the only baby allowed to cry in this building. That's my granddaughter. Love her. Love that voice. I knew it was her immediately. Anyway, I got to get back. That just totally distracted me. Saw her pretty face up there, and I went, whoa. Where was I at? Oh, yeah, creation. Why is creation important? Why is it important? Well, it's important because it's where God talks about what he did. God. In the beginning, God. What does that mean? So many people go back and tear that apart or try to make that take that out of context or do whatever they can because they want to destroy the beginning of everything. They want to destroy the account of what God did. They'll even take, and they'll take science. They'll say, well, faith, Christian faith doesn't believe in science. Well, God created science. And everything in there that we talk about is, is there to be proven and shown. It doesn't combat science. It proves science. But here's the thing. In the beginning is where everything, no, no pun intended, started. That's where the original sin of man came, right? That's where, the, that's where this earth was formed and made and turned into something so beautiful. And I know that we can look outside there and say, it's still beautiful, but you know what? The earth isn't what it should be, should be right now. Did you know that? The earth wants to be, she can cry to you all she wants to, or he. He, sorry, he. I say, praise God when we have babies crying in the church. What do you think? Yeah, future preachers, I'm telling you. Um, but if you can go in there and destroy the whole account of creation, it, uh, there's another phone. You hear that? Um, that one, I know it does. We're going to have to search it down and find it. Um, man, I hate getting distracted. What's going on? Um, this is important. That's why. This is really important. So the next four weeks, I'm going to be talking about this stuff. For the next four weeks, I'm going to be talking about creation. If you can take God out of the picture of creation... You completely take everything out, and you're not created of God. You take the image, you being the image of God, gone. 
You can't take science and force it into, or evolution, let's say that. You can't take evolution and force it into creation because it completely destroys the whole creation account, or they try to. See, God said he created everything in 24-hour days, which is what I just had my paper here for. And I'm not going to focus on this too much right now, but 24-hour days are very important because in the word yom, which is the Hebrew word, it can mean uh, more than one kind of thing. But in the context of Genesis, in the context of where you find it, it means literally in all places, when it talks about it here in the beginning, in the beginning God created, it literally means 24-hour period. See, some people have tried to go in there and say, you take that out of there, you take that, that, that yom and you make it something like an extended period of time, not 24 hours, how about 24,000 years, right? That's not, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible literally says 24-hour periods. It says the evening, the morning and the evening. What does a morning and an evening mean? You guys, what does morning and an evening mean? It's a day, right? The morning came, the evening came, and it was the first day. There's, you have to take the Bible completely out of context. You have to completely take it away from what the meaning is there, the literal meaning, to, to, to change that. So it's extremely important. I have a whole thing about it right here, but it's extremely important that we understand that God, in the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, a big bang. I like to say, I do believe in the big bang. God said it, bang, it happened, right? You're supposed to laugh at that. Come on. You've probably heard me say it too many times, I guess, maybe. But it's true. I mean, I believe that God did. I don't just believe. God has shown himself out there in creation. The, all of creation shows his beauty. We didn't make those sunsets. We didn't create those trees. We didn't create any animals, and we didn't create ourselves. God did all of that, and he's amazing. Do you guys agree with that? God is amazing. He's an amazing artist. Not only that, he's an amazing father. And so, you know, it brings up the idea of what the most basic question of all. What's, what, what's my life? What's the purpose of my life? Why are, am I here? Why do I exist? And so, so many people go back and try and figure that out, and they leave God out of it. You can't leave God out of that, 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 that search. You can't do that, because when you do that, you, you, you're going to ignore all that's about you. God created something inside of you that's beyond all measure, that you can't understand. One of the things I always talk about with, with creation and with people is God made you with a special something inside of you to yearn to worship and to worship him. There's that special place. If you don't believe me, then go find a, a people group out there that has never been infiltrated from, from anybody else. Nobody's ever been there. They've never met any other people at all. They've only got themselves. And every time we've run into people like that, a, a group of people, do you know what's interesting? We find that they're worshiping. They have created up a system of worship of good and bad. And they're trying to appease that because it's created with inside of us. We all know there's a good and a bad. Somehow we know that. Why God did that when he created us? So the basic question is the universal answer to this is I need to ask. We all have, we all do. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not easy to answer the question of what is my purpose? Without God, it's not easy. I mean, it's, without God, you can't do it at all. A lot of people have tried. I tried. It doesn't work. Because for me, the bottle became my answer. I don't know about for you, it might be something else. So it's one of those questions that it brings up the pain of life and makes it seem, makes life seem insufficient. For, forever, I was, uh, when I was younger, I lived in the D.C. area, 
So we used to go on field trips to the uh, Smithsonian. Anybody ever been to Smithsonian in D.C.? Pretty cool. Not as good as uh, the Ark Encounter, but it comes close. Uh, they just need to edit a few things in there, like millions of years to down to thousands, but we'll be all right. Um, completely lost my train. But I used to go there and, as a kid to the, uh, the one Smithsonian that talks about has dinosaurs. They have a triceratops right in the very front. And forever, my favorite dinosaur was a triceratops. By the way, dinosaurs did exist. You'd have to be crazy to say they didn't exist. There's fossils everywhere. There are dinosaurs. They were on the ark. And everybody's like, and I, I even had to go, David, how did they get a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex on the ark? They were babies. Right? So, anyway, I digress. But I go there, and they talk about a specific way the world is created. And they, they talk about evolution. They even have a, an exhibit of, of man forming, going from something of a goop, goop to becoming like a hunched over person to, you know, becoming man. That is so foreign in the creation story of God. And that removes God from the picture. And so you can see that this is something I've always been passionate about. Why is it important that if God, if we can remove God from the picture, why is that important to people, to some people? Without God, there's no accountability. Without God, you can do anything you want. There's nothing that stops you from doing anything you want. You don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to think about it because God doesn't exist in your mind. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can think God doesn't exist, but he does. And his creation has shown it. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's, it's, it's kind of like a simple statement. How many of you have heard that before? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Come on. All of you probably have. The problem is not everybody has. I was starting to talk about how I went to Smithsonian. I didn't, I didn't go to church when I was a kid. So my understanding of the world was based on what I learned there. And I'm not trying to dig on them. But what they talk about... Leaving God out of the picture means that we, were, we came on this planet by chance. It just happened to happen. That's the weird way to say it. It just happened by accident. So can I ask you a question? Would you like it if somebody walked up to you and said, Ron, you're an accident? No. That doesn't make anybody feel good. Because then when you ask the reason, what's my purpose? Well, it doesn't matter because you're just an accident. You happen to form from a couple of amoebas or you, you, you evolve from a monkey or a fish or whatever new design they want or from pixie fairies or whatever they want to put in there. It's really out there. There's some crazy thoughts out there. But did you know that there was always, always, always something out there that, that civilizations had made up about the creation of the world? They always had, and, but they never, they never had it right. And so Moses writes this book, obviously under the inspiration of God, because he wasn't there in the beginning. Who was? God. And he says, and it was an incredible way to challenge the thought of everyone else around them in that time period. And to, still to this day, don't you agree? If you bring it up, one of the things they, that people don't like to talk about is because is they get so upset when you say, God created everything. And it's hard to talk about sometimes. But I love to talk about it. I love to know that I was created on purpose. Jeremiah tells us that. The book of it Psalms or Proverbs, it says, I am fearfully, Psalms, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you know that? I would love you guys to go write that down. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'll, somebody look up the verse for me because I know it's in, in Psalm, but I didn't write it down. And I want you to write that on a big piece of paper, tape it to your mirror every day you get up, and look in the mirror when you're getting ready to go to work, whatever, 
and repeat that phrase. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then you can even put a little thing, I have purpose. I have purpose. So anyway, it's an amazingly simple story, but God, and basically God made stuff, right? Well, it's hardly the answer. God did some amazing things in those six days and on the seventh he rested. Perhaps you realize uh, Christianity isn't the only religion out there. Did anybody figure that out on their own? There's a lot of other religions out there. There's a lot of other faiths. But the, you know what the biggest difference between Christianity and every other faith is? God did it. And every other faith, every religion, religion is you have to do it. God rescued you. I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to do it by works. And the Bible's very clear that, that doesn't, that's not the way it should be and can be. He's very clear in, throughout the scriptures. We can't do it. That's why God set it up from the very beginning. A system of worship. A system of sacrifice. Understanding and knowing that blood was very important. Blood was always spilt to cover. Which is why Jesus is called the Lamb of God. But our worldview is radically different as a Christian. is radically different than anybody else's. Why is that important? We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But it's important to understand those things. You know, it, it's important to understand uh, when we ask the word, do I matter? And how we determine the most challenging seasons of life. Because let me tell you, I've been through a lot of things. Probably you have too. Health, financial, friendships, relationships. And all of them have been difficult. But I can tell you this, the difference between before Jesus and after Jesus is such a big, such a big deal. Do you know what I mean? You have Jesus or not. You have God or not. God can get you through anything you're going to go through, no matter how bad it is. Because he's going to use that for some purpose, some reason. But it's always to make you better. Always to make you better. So the Bible is very clear. So let's look at a simple statement. They were all simple, profound statements, but let's look at this. The Bible, God created. You can put that up there now. God created. God created. And we start with that. The Bible always assumes God's existence. Have you ever noticed that? It doesn't defend the fact that God existed. It always assumes that he's always been here. God has always been. There's not a beginning point that we find out. God has always been. Did you know that? Man, you guys got to talk back to me. I just got back from the south, and y'all go, woohoo, amen, preach, brother. And you guys just sit there quiet. I don't know, I'll take y'all to Kentucky. Y'all have to figure it out. But anyway, uh, how actually, it, it's, it's a rare thing that people agree on this. But, but the solution is right here. You know why it matters? And if you don't know how, why it matters, then you don't really care about how we were created. It comes back to the very beginning of everything. Everything. We were specifically made by God. Completely different than anything else on this planet. Has anyone read the beginning in Genesis 1, 2, 3? Yeah. If you haven't, do it today. It specifically says how we were created. Then it gets into 3 and talks about how we were fooled. And where sin came. And then the rest all the way to 11 will answer all the questions you have about life in the Bible. All the problems. But it's important that you understand that it's, it's one of those things that matter was, people th thought way back then that matter was eternal. You know, matter, not matter, but stuff. And that means that matter was evil. And that the gods, small g, small g, 
the gods were created from that matter. Big difference in between little G and big G. Big G created all things. Nobody created him. He was always here. Little G were created by matter, by things, by stuff, something else. Big difference. It's a big philosophy. Judaism saw a thunderbolt through philosophy by that simple statement. By saying that God created. Nothing created God. Huge difference. Huge. And you know why it matters. It's a very important thing. Because whatever we create, this is important. That sounded like it hurt. Whatever we create, we care about. Let me ask, do you, have you guys, I remember in school and, and, and shop class, I wasn't the greatest person at shop class, but I loved it though. But I remember making this, this fish. Uh, it was supposed to be, uh, 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 you've seen it. Uh, I made this fish. It was supposed to be a fishing rod holder, but I never got to the part where the holders go in, you know, to the fishing rod holders. I just ended up making the fish, which was enough for me. I was like, I was so proud of it. I, I took it and I made it look just like a fish, and then I sanded it down and I stained it, and I was like, look what I created. It's so amazing. I was so proud of it. I took it to Maine and gave it to my, my grandfather, who was a fisherman by trade, and he hung it up on his, on his workshop, right above his uh, door on his workshop. And it was there for years. Kelly remembers seeing it. It stayed there until the day they sold the house after they passed. I was so, so, so proud of that. Because my fingerprints were literally in it. I spent my time working on that. When you create something, when you do something like that, it matters the most to you. I want you to hear this. God created you and me. You matter the most to him. There's a lot of things here, but people take supreme over everything else. Mankind. If you get this, you realize something truly magnificent. God is nuts about you. Unlike other worldviews where gods came in and were existent part of matter and they were keep you under their thumb or whatever, you were afraid, there is a healthy fear of God. But they were capricious and cruel. Just cruel. They didn't care about us. They didn't care about anything. All those, those gods that, were cre- that people worshipped, they had no point. They, they didn't create anyone else. Listen, the God of the Bible walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. There's an there's a old hymn that talks about in the garden, walking with him. Is that how it goes, Kelly? In the garden? I want you to hear this. God created Adam and Eve, and he walked with them in the garden. He walked and talked with them in the garden. If they got to do it, so do we. I talk to God every day. Do you know what? He talks to me back. But you know, I hear other voices too. And the only way I can know what the other vo- who the other voices are is to know God's voice. And you don't know God's voice if you don't read the word. Right? So when you hear that voice, I'm probably not going to finish my whole message. It'll have to be a two-parter. When you hear that voice, that thing that comes out, that's something other than encouraging, when you hear something say, you're not good enough. I mean, who has ever heard that before? If, maybe you've not out loud. Maybe even in your mind. You're not good enough. Do you know who that comes from? The enemy. The one who hates us. Not God. Because you're created for a purpose and a reason. And when those things happen, when you start believing some lies, it gets you. 
And so you have a purpose. You have a purpose to exist. Adam and Eve walked and talked with God. Listen carefully. When God is a creator, check this out. When God is a creator, he is also the father. Do you hear what I just said? What do fathers do? They take responsibility for their household. God takes responsibility for this world. That's a big deal. But it gets even better. Because he's, the, the creation story paints God as a father. What Christian, adds, what Christian teaching adds is far more. Yet we don't see just believe that God is a father. We believe that the son and the spirit are also involved. It wasn't just God. Although God is, is three persons. So it is God, all three in one, one, all three in one. But different parts of the Trinity were involved in creation. So God created. Well, naturally, after God created, what do you think we're going to talk about? The Holy Spirit created. You know, the Holy Spirit was involved. Verse 1 states that God created the world. Verse 2 says the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaotic waters. The Spirit of God, in verse 2, was hovering over the waters. Let me read it to you from here. It says, now the earth was formless and void. or Sorry, and empty. I, I still have that memorized in my mind from uh, the King James. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God's Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was there. And then God said, let there be light. The concept of the deep and the dark was a, a Jewish idea of chaos. The spirit of God in Judaism was a lifeless force. In other words, uh, Jesus, however, introduced the spirit of a unique person of the Godhead. Thus, we, we encounter the Holy Spirit, who is alive, who isn't a dead thing, who doesn't just do anything, do, do nothing. He's a unique person of the Godhead. Verse 2 we, is where we encounter the member of the Trinity. And what is he doing? He's hovering over the face of the earth. Hovering over the waters. The Hebrew word here indicates a kind of vibration or quaking. And it's not unlike your, your, uh, your, your grandmother waiting for 30 minutes for people to arrive, guests to arrive. She's scurrying about. She's going everywhere she can, doing all that she can to get ready for things, right? So we know that the Spirit is working. The first time we meet the Holy Spirit, he's bringing order out of chaos so we can thrive in an environment that's chaotic. When God comes on the scene, when God the Holy Spirit comes on the scene, it's, it's mass chaos until he, I mean, until he comes on the scene and he takes over that chaos and brings order. See, God is a God of order, not chaos. And that's going to be something else we talk about in Corinthians or that Paul talks about in Corinthians about the order of how we do things in church. So the first time we meet him is that he, he brought chaos out of something so we, could, so we could thrive. And that's a pretty good job description, but where there's disorder, he brings order. Where there's chaos, he brings healing, right? Right now, wherever there's a disorder in your life, the Holy Spirit uh, is attempting to bring you into a right relationship with your creator. It's no secret that I have, I don't know if I have it, ADHD, I have no clue if I have it. Kelly shakes her head every time I see that. But God can get that and take care of that too. I, I think it is too. I don't think I'd be the same if I didn't have it. Yeah. But, it, but it's, it's something that the Holy Spirit will bring you into a right relationship with the Creator. Let that sink in for a minute. 
It's nice and quiet. The Holy Spirit does it. He's involved in creation from the very beginning. Whatever's on your mind is also on God's heart because of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's our advocate for what matters most to us. It means he comes to us. He goes between us and God. I hope that this is coming across the way I wanted it to because we're going to see the same spirit breathing life into a human being. It's going to be coming up very soon. You know, it's only true for us humans. It's true for, uh, it is true for animals, but it's different for, for us. Where other breathes, breathes because of the Holy Spirit in it, but we have the Spirit. God said he created us, and the Holy Spirit breathed breath of life into us. There's nothing on this planet like that. The animals were created. I can't snap. Anybody can snap? The animals were created. Boom, it happened. But the Bible is very, very specific about people. We see the Spirit doing that, being a part of that. It's still true today, and it's only true for us as humans in that sense. So look at Psalm 104, verse 30. It says, when you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Psalm 104, 30. The Holy Spirit is more intricately connected to creation than either the Father or the Son. And he still is today. Hold on to that thought for a minute, because instead of... We, we tend to... I don't know how to say this one. Let me come back to that. It must be God stopped me from saying that little point, that little next sentence. We'll come back to that, maybe. So we know that God the Holy Spirit was in creation, and we know that God the Son created, Jesus created. We encounter God the Father in verse 1, we encounter God the Spirit in verse 2, and in verse 3, we will see the Son. We see the Spirit, the, the God, the Son. In a sense, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1-3, we know God created the world by speaking it into existence. If we were to fast forward to John 1-1, what does he say in John 1-1? Does anybody know? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Nothing was created without him. Let me get to it. Let me, let me open it up. I'd rather you hear it straight from, from God's Word, straight from what God said, not what Professor Bruce said. Hold on, there it is. Just flipped back too far. So it's the very first chapter of John, which is, John is actually one of my favorite books. I know I say that all the time. I have favorites. But if you were to ask me, if you're brand new as a Christian, you ask me what to read, I'd tell you to read John. Start out with John. Not John 2, John chapter 1. In the beginning, verse 1, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Check this out. Through, the, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. We know God created the world by simply speaking it into existence. We know that. When God spoke, Jesus acted. He carried out the command of God. Paul did the same thing. He, this is what Paul said in, in Colossians 1, 15 to 17. He is the image of the invisible God, speaking of Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn, firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things 
All things were created for, through him and, check this out, for him. For him. That means Jesus was there involved in the creation of angels. Right? Everything. So wherever God the Father is removed from creation, though, we find problems. So we know that together the Trinity created the world we inhabit, including ourselves. And why does that matter? Because it brings up a specific Christian worldview. Christian worldview. What does that mean? Do you guys ever know, did you ever think about what your worldview is? How do you view the world? Do you start with the Bible first or a man's word first? I should have had the pictures up that I, had, that I wanted to put up there and I, did, I forgot about them. But just, just picture a foundation. You know, the foundation is what every building is built on. There's got to be some sort of foundation. And our foundation as Christian worldview is built on God's word. It's a nice thick Bible, so it kind of makes sense. It's built on God's word. Everything is. Now, everything else is built on, well, we could say not God's word. A lie. But God's word is where we start with the Christian worldview. It's because it's important. Even created him. It's important. And he's special because God created him. That's what the Bible says. So we start out in the Christian worldview says that God, where we go to the other place, the other foundation, says man. What's wrong with that? What happens if we take God out of the picture? What happens if we remove the Father from creation or the Son from creation or the Spirit? Let's begin with the Father. You see, if we remove God the Father from creation, what we come up with is always the same version of Darwinian evolution. This is not, a, I'm not critiquing it. But it always, it always comes up. Because with, with Darwinian creationism, it, it's, they say it's a science. I'm not, I'm not doubting science. I believe in science. Science is there. God created science. We believe in science because we believe God created an ordered world. This world could not have just formed out of nothing. It could not have, the order, it didn't come out, it couldn't have. It wasn't a mistake. See, we believe in science because God created an ordered world. Rather, this is an observation that Darwinian, Darwinian evolution, as well as every other ancient account of creation, believes that matter is eternal, not God. Let me say that again so you can get it. Darwinian evolution in every other system, apart from God's creationism, as well as anything about the, cre- the account of creation, believes that matter is eternal, not God. Why, does that, why is that important? Well, whatever is here, the longest tends to take priority in human perception. So the world has been here long before we were ever here. Right? That's what, that's what people say. And for those who believe that matter is eternal... Matter is what matters most. And so we find ourselves prioritizing the environment over eternity, animals over humans, and physical over the spiritual. We just remove God out of the picture completely. Why is that important? Because whenever, wherever God the Father is removed from creation, we find that humans treat animals like people, and people begin to behave like animals. Romans 1 says it best, and Romans 1 says that the, the creation starts worshiping the creation rather than the creator. What does that sound like today? Before you jump on me and get all mad at me, I'm not saying that we don't care about the environment. 
that never came out of my mouth. Matter of fact, whenever, when I was a youth pastor and still to this day, wherever we went to camping or did something, I said, we want to leave that place better than it was when we leave, than it was when we were there. It's one of the things I would say. And they'd be like, oh, there'd be like something over there. We didn't leave that. I don't care. Pick it up. We were made as people to be stewards of this earth. You know what that means? It means we were to take care of it. So it's important. It's very important. You know, there's legislation out there in America that's significant about if you kill certain species of animals, such as bald eagles or baby seals, yet you can go kill a human life like that in two seconds, and there's nothing against that. See, all life matters. Why is that? Because God created life. Not you and not me. I had nothing to do with it. Even when my children were born, I had nothing, well, I can't say that exactly, but God had everything to do with that. God brought them. And it's amazing. In my opinion, there's a consequence of losing, this is, this is a consequence of losing sight of, of uh, God the Father. We start worshiping the creation rather than the creator. We're going to be a few minutes longer, I promise we'll get through this. I think maybe most of you would agree uh, about that, because Christians tend, but Christians tend to focus on and appreciate God as the Father, God the Father's Creator. However, most people, they just they ignore the Holy Spirit, which is the next part. What happens if we lose sight of the Holy Spirit? What happens if we lose sight of the Spirit in creation? Because the Holy Spirit, as I, I, is is so intricately involved and connected to creation. He gives breath to the very animals and orders to the inanimate around us. And when we ignore the spirit in creation, we diminish and degrade the value of this physical world. He had everything to do with it. You see, natural resources explore, are, are, are to be used in a proper way. But why is it that Christians are often opposed to Environmentalism, whereas for non-believers, environmentalism is a pseudo-religious devotion. It, it matters. God created this world. The Holy Spirit had everything to do with that. It goes back to the beginning of everything I was talking about. Whatever is most eternal has the highest priority. What is the most eternal? Can you guys answer that? What is the most eternal? Who? who? One person. He's up there and he, we just assume he exists forever. God. And then God created us. And he created us to live forever. You ever seen that one movie? Forever. Whatever. Yeah, Sandlot. That's what it was. Forever, right? We were created to live forever. Did you know that? Human beings. Mankind. Created to be forever. Yeah, that is a big amen. That's huge. I think uh, treating the environment with content Using and abusing it as opposed to caring and nurturing it is a violation of God's ordained role as stewards of this world. Christians have too often acted as if the world is, kind, is kindling for Armageddon. In other words, hey, the world's going to end anyway, so what do we care? God created it, and he put Adam and Eve on the planet to, be, to tend the garden, to be stewards of this planet. So it needs to matter to us. But it can't matter over top of God. But God told us to take care of it. Taken to going into a nursing home and stealing her grandmother's purse. This isn't original to me. Stealing her grandmother's purse because she's about to die anyway. You know, and, and none of us would ever think to do such a thing. I wouldn't. Would you? If you do, come up here. I need to pray for you. <laughs> Listen. 
Those who say they connect with God in nature are actually affirming the Holy Spirit in creation. Have you ever been out? I've got to sit down for a minute. Maybe. Those are cool animals. Oh. God created us. Specifically, I need my notes. Where'd I put them? Oh, man. My brain doesn't go too good too, for too long. The Holy Spirit is affirming we are stewards of God's, pro- God's property. I want you to know this. God owns this world, not you. We didn't make it. We didn't create it. Even though we think we can, we didn't. The minute man can create something from nothing, then we've got something going on. Salvation can't merely be about going to heaven someday. It's about bringing heaven to earth. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. If you want to see the face of God, you can only find that in Jesus. Protecting creations without the creator is making a false god out of what we should be ruling rather than worshiping. So the last part is, what are the results of ignoring Jesus in creation? And I want you to follow my train of thought here. If Jesus created the world, which we read he did, then he cares about what he created. Amen? Does Jesus care about what he created? Did he create the world? Yeah. So salvation cannot merely be about just going to heaven, as I just started to say. We can't just say that we care for someone's soul without caring for their body. Did you hear what I just said? You can't just care for someone's soul. You have to care for their body as well. That's why we're out there. That's why I think the church does a better job at taking care of people's needs than the government ever will. Ever. In short, what I'm saying is that recognition of Jesus and creation demands that we engage in this environment around us. It it demands that we engage in all the things that are around us through him. In short, we should care about injustice, inequality, prejudice, and, and all of those things. But that can't take over God. They're all very important. And, and as, as warriors for God, we need to care about those things. Something I learned about uh, people, about the pigment, the color of our skin, is everybody has the same color of skin. It just depends on uh, the, the... David, you're going to help me with this one. forgot now. Yeah, Mel, I'm just going to... I'll have, to, I'll have it for you next week. And I'll skip that one for now because basically he told us that everybody has, starts out, there's just something that creates the color of our skin. We're all the same color is what he said. But I'm, I'm not making, I'm not, that doesn't even sound right with me saying it like that. So I'll have to find that and make sure I tell you that truthfully how they said it. That was just something that popped in my brain. You know, so what I was trying to say is we can't say we care for somebody without caring for their body. Can I ask you something? Seriously. Do you care about other people? Do you care about other people? What's the Bible tell us to do? It says love God and love others. Because that's what God tells us to do. Jesus told us to do that. You can't say that salvation is removing someone's sin without transforming the structures of sin in our society. We have to fight it. That's why it's important that we know what's going on. In Australia... They've already made it illegal to be Christian, pretty much. They've taken Christian values out of... And it, it used to be highly Christian. But now they've made it to where it's illegal to say anything Christian. To do anything that the government... You can't say anything the government doesn't allow you to say. In a school. And they've got certain laws put up right now 
that they, they have taken out the right for Christian schools to exist because if they don't say exactly what the government wants to say, they can't exist. That's pure evil. That pulls out God and puts man in front of everything, doesn't it? I'm going to tell you this. We're, we're probably, we're not very far from that. And people go, that's shocking. I don't believe it. Just pay attention to the world. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't bury your head in the sand. There's an active way, but I will say we win in the end. He wins in the end, not us. See, Jesus, it has to matter. We can't say we care for someone without caring for their body. People need help. And we can't say that salvation can't be done. We have to help in doing those things. In short, a recognition that Jesus in creation demands that we engage in our environment around us. We need to be engaged in the things around us. Whatever they are. You know what, though? It'll never be enough if Jesus, uh, it'll, it'll never be enough if we just trust that there's no God. Jesus has to be the place we turn to. If Jesus is a creator, we need to preach him as a savior that gets you to heaven for fi- forgiving your sins. He's also the Lord who gives us, who leads us to make a difference where we live, particularly to those most vulnerable around us. He wants you and I, and Jer- as Jared was talking about last week, was so good. He wants us to make a difference, but he, he wants us, first of all, to know his son, Jesus. Son, God wants us to know Jesus as Savior. And that's why understanding creation is so important, because if you can remove Jesus from the picture, there's no need for salvation. There's no one to do it. If you can remove sin from the picture, Genesis chapter 3, if you can remove the sin from the picture, why would we need a Jesus? Do you understand that? It's very important that we have a, a Genesis account and understand that our worldview matters. It matters. We can't just simply take something from science. What I was trying to say earlier is I completely saw that too for growing up. We have to know that God created everything. There's something freeing about that when you believe that. But there's also something that brings accountability. Because now you're called, now you realize you're called to be a steward of this world. He's also the Lord who leads us to make a difference where we live, particularly, as I said, for those most vulnerable. If Jesus is the creator of creation, then he's also the ruler over it, and it's our responsibility to take care and and enact his agenda, whatever his agenda is. What do you think it is? I already gave it away, darn it. Love God, love others. You can't love other people if you don't care about their bodies. That's, that's, you can't. So we need to love God and love others. So what's the takeaway with all this tons of information? What difference is it going to make in your life this week? What should we do with it? I'm telling you that. What should you do with it? What should we do with it? See, God created us to be with him. God created us specifically to be with him. But the first thing you need to do is think through the God of creation, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Which of those three have you ignored the most and put more emphasis on one than the other? You can't take one out of the creation. You have to have all three. All all three matter. I, I have to admit, there's been times when I've only thought about this world as physical environment and matter mattered more to me than my spiritual life. I mattered more to me than anything else. A long time ago in my life. 
But when God came in the picture, when Jesus came into my life, others mattered more than my own life. Not that I don't care about myself, but other people took reign supreme. Their, their needs. The whole, I, it's, it's, you've, got, you've got the creation, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we tend to ignore one of them. And when we do that, things go bad. Perhaps you'd say you've never thought about the Holy Spirit's ongoing role in sustaining and maintain, maintaining life around us. What did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? He said, I'm sending a helper. I'm leaving. I'm going back to be with the Father, but I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send someone to help you. And that's the Holy Spirit, who is the one who indwells inside of you the day you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He lives inside that part of you. Remember I told you there's a part of you that wants to worship? That's where the Holy Spirit resides. Not in the blood-pumping heart, the soul, the very center of your being. Perhaps you've never really thought about the Holy Spirit's ongoing role in sustaining and maintaining the life around us. But he does. Maybe you've just uh, thought of this idea as holistic salvation, body, soul, society. Uh, no. Whatever is most difficult for you, let me ask you to ask yourself, what is one thing you could do this week to focus on God the Father, God the Son, or God the Spirit as your creator? Get practical. What is something you can do? Maybe you can do what I, I, that simple verse that I said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Remember, God created you. Put that on the mirror and say, God, thank you that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You created me specifically to be me. Remember what I said about something? If someone creates something, they care about it the most. God created you, and he created me, and he cares about you the most. Let's pray. Lord, Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this day together. Lord, I pray for those in this room that may not have received your son Jesus as Lord and Savior before. Maybe they never understood why or how or whatever. But God, we need you. We need you. We can't do this without you. And so, Lord, I'm praying for everyone to hear what you say in John 14, 6, in that Jesus said, I am the light. They said, he is God. I'm the truth and the life. That's what he said. And he said, no one comes to God. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus, except through him. It's either Jesus, God, we know that. It's either what you provided for us or nothing. God, may we care about this world around us. May we not put too much focus on the stuff, on matter, on M-A-T-T-E-R, the matter of this universe. May we stay, stay focused on you and follow what your direction is. May we care about this world just as much as you do, God. Lord, I, I don't know if what I said today came across the way I wanted it to come across, but I do know that your Holy Spirit is live and real and well. And I pray, Father, that it's that he, the Holy Spirit, spoke to people in this room today. And I pray that, uh, and, and those online, and I pray, Father, that if they know they haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they would do that today. But if they have, 
and they don't know about things. They're not sure. Same thing. Let them come to you today and make that right. Lord, uh, it's kind of a heavy message, but a great message at the same time. You created us, therefore we matter. We have a purpose. And you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. God, help us all find that. Lord, in Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say, amen. Take it away. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in thee. The night is dark, but I am not forsaken, for by my side the Savior he will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need His power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley He will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ in me. No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven, the future sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, and he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released, I can sing. Christ in me. With every breath, with every breath, I long to follow Jesus, for he has said that he will bring me home, and day by day I know he will I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, 
pray for all of us today. Keep us safe as we travel wherever we're going after this. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that has not received your Son and Savior, I pray that they would do that today. Or start asking questions. Find out the truth. Seek it. And they'll find it. God, thank you. Thank you for creating me and thank you for creating everyone in this world. Thank you, God. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray and we all say, Amen. Have an outstanding day, everybody.